guys, and welcome back to another episode of the ADH Dads. I'm your host, CJ, with the crazy intro voice, always, and my host... And I'm JJ. There he is. And today we got a really <laughs> special guest, man. I'm uh, excited we've been doing this dad den thing for a couple episodes now, JJ, and uh, I really like talking with other dads, man. So uh, tell us about yourself, Anthony. Welcome, brother. Introduce hey. yourself to the uh, listeners and t- tell us a little bit about your, your uh, journey. Hey, CJ. Hey, JJ. Thank you for having me on, first of all. I'm very honored to be on here. I've been listening to your guys' podcast for a while, um, as you know, just being a part of their part of the alliance. Um, and I was just telling you guys, like, I love just talking to you guys. I love the way you guys challenge me, all those different things. But for me in general, um, I'm a dad. Uh, I have a two-year-old son. I coach baseball for a living. I own a business um, called Transcending Legacy Athletics, where I help people um, basically become their best selves um, in any aspect of their life through fitness. Um, I took my passion for baseball and helping others into that avenue um, because helping others is one of the biggest thing that that draws to me the most. And um, yeah, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm 32. Uh, love being a dad, so that's why I love being on. Love and honored being on here to get to talk about that with you guys. That's awesome, man. And uh, what's your son's name? Alika. If, if, if you don't mind sharing, Alika. Oh man, that's yeah, a cool name. Means, I like that. It means protector, guardian in Hawaiian. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool, man. And you're uh, you're a single dad too, right? You're yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, buddy. So tell me, what does a day in the life or maybe a week in the life of single dad Anthony Mendoza look like? You know, it's he's with me a lot of the time. Um, obviously, as a baseball coach, I have lessons um, throughout the day. I have practices. I have games. Uh, his mom is truly a blessing. Um, our relationship has improved over the two and a half years of him being born which has been amazing to see what that has turned to be from, especially from where it started and us really just trying to navigate co-parenting into that. Um, So he's with me while she's at work all day. um, And I, because I do have that freedom to have him with me. And that's been amazing. That's been amazing. And then around evening times, I can, either she picks him up or I drop him off with her at work or, whatever may be, um, because he'll he'll come with me, she'll pick him up at work, um, all those different kinds of things, which allows me different freedoms in the evenings to go to the gym, get some more work done, different things like that. And then either he's with me um, and I'm I'm in charge of him at night or she is and all those different kinds of things um, just because of his age. So it's a it's a constantly moving week. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And what brought you to coaching, brother? I'm I'm interested in that. What uh, what brought you into the the baseball world and in the coaching world? So I played baseball um, all through my life growing up. Um, played Division two baseball. Um, was on the team there for two years, and then I was going to try to play here in Cleveland, Ohio, which is where I moved to. And then just couldn't really do it anymore. Just didn't have the overall skill. Um, didn't have what it takes any longer. And I got a job coaching at a university, and that was. The real step into coaching that I had, I had coached youth teams as I was growing up, um, as coached my brother's teams, coached uh, middle school teams as I was coach, uh, playing still. And I really fell in love with it when I got here and was coaching at the college level, was coaching a youth level as well. 
it spoke to me at a different level of what I truly wanted to have a greater impact on. And my faith is a big standing for who I am. And when I was a freshman in college, I had a vision, a prayer, um, something that came to me and showed me of me being in front of thousands of people after being at a baseball game. Um, so I really didn't understand what that meant, whether I was supposed to play or whether I was supposed to coach. And cause I was still playing at the time. So I really dig, dug everything into coaching and kind of just went from there when I couldn't play anymore. And it stuck, the knowledge grew. Um, I think my passion and my communication with the athletes, because I do work with more high school youth athletes now than, than uh, higher levels of ages. Um, and I think that was just the bigger part that, that I got drawn to. That's awesome, man. What, what position did you play in baseball? Uh, shortstop. Probably should have been sure a second so. baseman. Probably oh, would have had better, better uh, arm talent at second. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been playing catcher since I was, you know, doing t-ball, you know, and uh, I can't wait to get our little dude in into some t-ball next summer. So he's like, right, like three right now. So I think like next year's the year, you know, where I can like slap the oversized helmet on him and stick him in front of a, you know, a little pole to start swinging away out there. So I'm excited about that, man. Oh, man. I, I did coach one year at T-Ball, and it is amazing just to, like, see them <laughs> yeah. run around and fall in love with the game that way. Some, sometimes I can, I can honestly go down a rabbit hole on YouTube of just watching – kids t-ball games because they're just hilarious just watching these uncoordinated little kids <laughs> run around <laughs> it's, it's all havoc on the ball once it's in play they just <laughs> yeah. yeah how many videos have you seen of a kid running running to third base first and the parents going no 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 and there's like 30 parents yelling at the one kid who's just like i'm just having the time of my life that's all that matters to me <laughs> the the run home ones where the kid like literally takes off the field and starts running home things are funny uh like kids are funny um, so what's uh what's some things that you know you're kind of hoping to to bring to your kid into your 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 fatherhood experience here man you know what are what are some things that maybe your dad taught you either uh intentionally or unintentionally that you know you either hope to teach your son either intentionally or unintentionally you know what does that journey look like for me man it's a great question fatherhood in terms of what what i got from my i think i parent more so in what i didn't learn rather than what i did learn um and and this is part of my healing journey as well i I, I think the best way for me to say this, I didn't have a bad childhood, but my childhood for me was bad. And I don't want my son to grow up with any of the pains that I had. And I think that's one of the biggest things I'm trying to take out of my parenting to him is it's not that I'm not going to cause him any pain or be in the wrong place. It's my floor can't be his floor. There, there should be no reason the things that I went through are the same things that he's going through. And I've, and that's kind of my biggest struggle with my, my own healing journey and my family is I can see those different, it's the same thing. Like you're doing the same thing. 
you like you're complaining about the same thing I'm complaining about, but about your family. And for me, those things need to stop. Um, I heard it. I heard it recently, and I can't remember where it was, but I don't want my son to say "dad used to." That's another thing as well. Like it's it's never going to be "dad used to do this." It's going to be "dad." This is just who dad was from the second he knew me. Hmm. You know, JJ and I did a interesting exercise today. Uh, you know, kind of going through. Uh, um, you know, like you're you're at your funeral, and you know all your your peers and your your wife and loved ones and kids are kind of coming up, and what would they say? You know, it's kind of like this visual exercise. And uh, as we we're kind of walking through that, one of the things that emerged for me that kind of really kind of brought up some emotions in me and kind of teared me up a little bit is when I pictured the kids speaking about me in that in that meditation in that exercise. Um, you know, one of the things that I heard them say was, you know, um, you know, my, my dad wasn't perfect, but he always tried to be better. And, uh, I hope that I can instill that, you know, at least in them. And I think that as parents, we're probably, even with all the best intentions, there's probably going to be something that our kids feel like they were robbed on, missed out on, or that we didn't do enough of, or that we weren't good at. Right. And we're going to have to come to terms with that and, you know, humble ourselves with that. And, you know, um, and, and I think it's also the journey of our kids to, um, at least it's been my journey and my experience with my dad and in kind of the same attitude of you brother of, you know, I, I lived a lot of my life saying like, you know, well, my dad did this, so I'm going to do the opposite. Or, you know, my dad did it this way. I'm going to not do it that way. And uh, I, I guess the old, the further I get on this parenting journey, the more I realize like, oh, shoot, I think my dad did do those things that I thought that he wasn't doing or that, you know, like, um, but maybe just not in the way or the words or, you know, I just, we weren't speaking the same language. You know, he was speaking Gen, you know, X or, or you know, he was speaking... You know, uh, what's, what's the term, you know, the nuke babies, the, the boomer babies, boy. boomers, you know, he was speaking boomer <laughs> and I was speaking like millennials, <laughs> 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 you know, and, uh, we just couldn't link up on that. But, you know, I hope that, uh, my, my ultimate goal as a parent is maybe I can close the gap on that in my, in my relationship with my kids is maybe it won't take them until their mid thirties to be like, ah, oh, my dad maybe wasn't so bad. And, you know, mm. <laughs> maybe it'll be, you know, and they're hopefully in their, you know, early twenties. I know that there'll probably be a, a viva la resistance during the late teenage years that I'm preparing myself for, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> um, but no, I can, I think, uh, all of us can, can really kind of, uh, relate to that brother. And, uh, I know that I definitely can, you know, with my relationship with my father with, that we still work on and in our, in our way and at our slow snail's pace, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to have those generational differences and stuff and trying to be trying to be, you know, in a state of grace toward it, but also realizing that, you know, trauma is a real thing and it can affect how somebody shows up for the next generation. But at some point we have to take ownership of that, right? We do need to say, okay, this is now how I am taking what I learned or what I have, you know, been practicing for so long and it's causing some pain, it's causing some hurt. And 
the the thing I would like to challenge more of our, our intergenerational, um, you know, relationships is to not just let that be. And it seems so hard for a lot of us, you know, to talk to our parents about those things. And instead of just letting it be and saying, you know, well, they did the best they could with what they had, which to me is a very, uh, dare I say, suggest ignorant statement sometimes. Uh, when we say that, we're, we're basically giving something a pass. And I am not suggesting by saying this that you know, going at your parents and saying, hey, you really screwed me up. Or just simply saying, you know, this is something that's caused me harm and leave it at that with them. Instead, coming to them and suggesting, hey, you know, here's some things that I really struggled with in our relationship. And to this day, I still don't really understand everything. I want to let you know that that has hurt me and has affected me over the years and I want to have a conversation about that because this is where we get to the healing process. That's a difficult thing for a lot of us. And I'm telling you that, guys, because I know I haven't gotten there yet myself. And I continue to wonder what's going to be the magic, magic pill to make that all work. But it's true. You know, I like I like I said, I love my parents and I, I know they love me and they're generous people. Their values look a little different than my values as I see them right now and how I communicate to my kid. Like you were saying, Anthony, you know, there's some things that you realize you want to do different because of what you had when you were growing up. That's definitely something that I feel too. Some of my core values are like quality time and, and being present and empathy is a huge one for me. Validation, a huge one for me. Those are things that I always felt like my parents had a hard time trying to do toward me. And I know, Anthony, I've shared a resource with you recently about how do we, how do we work through that stuff? I know that's a lot to be just throwing at you in, in my, my piece here after what Colton just said, but I don't know, what are some of your thoughts on that? No, so I heard a lot of great things from both of you. And I'm gonna start with Colton really quick, because it's less fresh on my mind. Um, so what you were saying about, like, feeling you were t one second. I was losing it. And this is why I have to write things down a lot. Um, but you were talking about filling, filling that gap, right? And, and that's, that's one of the biggest things that, that I'm trying to do. Like that really spoke to me because when my son comes to me and tells me, and that, that's where I'm struggling. And this is where it connects with JJ too. It's for me right now, a lot of my biggest issues with my family is me it, it's at that point where for me i'm going to them and saying here's where the problem is i'm i'm implementing like this is where you hurt me and i used to do it in very bad ways um and i understand that and i and i take full ownership at least for my situation that in these moments i know my family struggles because they still think it's who i used to be and it's not i'm coming from a completely different place with the same story you know what i mean um but for me, like I, I, I know I'm going to have those pains where I bring my son pains, but I don't want to be, I don't want him to come to me as a father who has a one-year-old and say, Hey, this is how you hurt me. And you're continuing to do it where I go, well, that's just who I am. Or I don't make that step in that moment. I understand there's probably things I'm still doing wrong and I'm always going to do wrong. I don't want to be that person, like you were saying, also progress over perfection. I want to be able to be 
60 years old and my son say, hey, this is something you do. And for me to be able to be like, yeah, I can't, I, I need to stop that. Like, and, and how do I make that step? And it, and it, I think, connects to JJ's point as well. Is like, I think my family struggles with that. The older generation struggles with that. And I, I've been sitting on this too, because this is a lot fresh of things that are going on. Like, I'm not that at point with my family. Like, when does that trigger flick for them? The love languages thing for me, I think, is a huge thing. And it's something that I continue to try to remember, but also neglect when I'm, when I'm upset with my family is they do show that love that I'm, but it's in a different way. And I think that's where I also want to show to my son is like, and I think that's why my coaching is as good as it is, is I understand how to communicate to you in your love language. I also put that expectation on others though. And that that's the hard part that I struggle with because I can do that. I struggle with, hey, you should be able to speak to me in mine as well, um, if if it's that type of relationship, you know. I uh, I can really appreciate that, brother, and uh, man, I can I can really feel that too. And you know what helped me with that uh, was spending more time around kids. I'll tell you, because the more time I spent around kids, I realized like you can't get mad at them; they don't know anything. Right. Like they're so brand new, like they don't know all of the like self-help, like emotional regulation tools and aggravating de-escalation. Right. They've never been taught that. And then I started realizing when I would get frustrated with peers or coworkers, holy shit, they're just fucking children in the same aspect. Right. Like we have never been taught this. They don't know any better. I didn't know any better. You know, and in I get caught in the same dichotomy with my with my own relationship with my father. You know, sometimes uh, I'm totally fine with the, and I've just learned to like, ah, whatever. He is who he is. He ain't changing. He's told me a million times he ain't changing. You know, he's too old for it. You know, and sometimes I'm fine with that. And sometimes, man, does that drive me crazy? You know, especially <laughs> being a life coach and and changing who I was essentially from this, you know, addict, you know, and self-absorbed egomaniac that just re that operated in these subconscious toxic manipulative ways in my last marriage that I didn't even wasn't even able to see and learning all of the stuff and changing the way that I operate and that I behave and seeing the way that it's impacted my life and wanting my dad to take those same steps so that our relationship can be impacted in the same ways that I've seen it can be maddening at times, you know? Um, but also, you know, I guess it's, uh, it's my journey in life too. And to be, be accepting of that, you know, that my dad is just one of the, one of the idiots that's like the rest of us that has never been taught any of this shit, you know? And uh, I could try to chip away at it with conversations and patience. Most time unsuccessful. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you there. But, you know, um, there are some little splinters that pop up every now and then that I think, oh, man, right. You know, OK, this, he's he's got it. He's, he's, he is willing to change. Now, is he willing to, you know, 
go left wing and vote Democrat and go to a Black Lives <laughs> Matters rally? I don't know. <laughs> we we can get there. <laughs> like we can Might get there and conversationally, there. you know. I really appreciate what you said there, uh, CJ, about the, uh, you know, um, kids don't know better. And I guess that the thing that I see different from the generation before us and, and our generation, at least, you know, us as men, you know, our dad's trying to put in the work and effort to understand our kids is that that that's that big component there is trying to understand um, when we can take a breath and step back and say, OK, kiddos act a little bit emotional here. And, you know, instead of like. What I experienced uh, growing up with uh, parents basically telling me this is what you need to do and stop crying or, you know, crying doesn't help and stuff is I'm saying, okay, kiddo's crying. And I don't do this perfectly, guys. I always got to put that little asterisk in there. Uh, Kiddo's crying. He's feeling something. And there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in his brain. I'm not going to I'm not going to discredit any of that. I need to be curious about that. I need to show this understanding and to validate because when your kiddo's crying, they're not crying because they just, you know, they just lost it and they're they're they've they've gone off the deep end. No, they're crying because they felt something. And when I when I see that some people just saying, you know, uh stop crying, you're you're acting like a baby, it, it it's missing the point of connection that we now as as men who are desperately trying to understand the people that we have relationship with. We're trying to understand our kiddos as well. And that's something that I believe that I missed out a lot. Uh, the idea was basically drilled into my head. Like, you know, you need to follow this rule. You need to do this, you know, and the emotional response I had to that was not welcome. So what do you do when, you know, we say, you know, our kids don't know better. What is that next step for us? I, I think we have to model it. For me, I, when you were talking about all that, it spoke to me something that I've been going through. My son's two and a half. So one, he's a toddler dealing with, dealing with new emotions. He's learning anger. He's learning sadness, all those different kinds of things. I'm hard on him. Um, me and him have a very strong bond, but I am hard on him. Um, once he expects something out, once I show something, once he shows me something, I do start to expect that out of him a lot more. And that hardness is starting to show out of the way he's acting. And with, with him learning those certain emotions, I can see where, like, I'm taking the fault in those moments and seeing, like, oh, crap, like, that's, that response might not be exactly the way I do it, but that's, a, that's my response. And it's, for me, it's being able to see that or listen to it. Like, like I said to earlier, if our kid comes to us and we're 67 years old, um, start to show it better and example it better. Um, and I think that's the only way we can expect something different um, from our kids and show them there is that difference um, in how they handle it. Can I uh, share a, a win with you guys that I that I had the other night? Because we've been uh, dealing with this uh, bedtime routine. You know, I've been talking to you, JJ, about all the renovations going on in here. You know, on the, on our first floor. So we're basically confided 
confined to a studio apartment on our second floor. It's just bedrooms and that's it. And the kids are always in our bedrooms and, you know, getting them to get in their bedrooms and go to sleep has been a chore, especially since these renovations started. And it's just gotten worse over the last five weeks. And our, our youngest has been in a, you know, a habit of coming in and saying, I'm scared. I'm too scared. You know, I can't go to bed or it's boring or it's too hot. You know, there's always a, a reason, you know, and it was, I'm too scared. You know, the other night, even though s sissies are sleeping on his bed with him in the room, lights are on, doors open, you know, he's too scared. And, and it was like, it's gotten to a point where like this kid is staying up past me, you know, it's 10, 11 at night. I'm trying to go to bed. This kid won't go to sleep and he keeps oh, waking man, us been up. There, brother. Been there too many times. <laughs> we have to be up at five child. You know, I need at least seven hours, you know, like, and he just kept coming in and I just like could feel my blood boiling, you know, like I wanted to just like, no, you know, go in there and you stay in there. I just, you know, like I wanted to do that. I felt that. And, you know, I know that again, these are the moments, Anthony, that I'm talking about is the further I go on in life, you know, I see like, oh, that's my dad did yell. You know, and he did throw you in there and close the door and, you know, lock it. And <laughs> you just sat there and cried in the dark, just scared, you know, just fearful of what was out there, you know. And you learned a lesson. Dad is not going to help you with your fear, you know. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, I, I feel the, that emotion and I think like, that's, well, I can kind of relate to what dad was feeling. Now, did do I think that, you know, his choice versus mine, one is better than the other. I'm not going to get into that, you know, but I try to, to have more presence about it. And while this thing was going on, you know, I just grabbed, I, I said, I grabbed a thing of disinfecting spray and I went over to the door. I said, fine, I'll spray, I'll spray the monster spray and then they won't be able to come in here. You know, so I sprayed it all over the door and I went over to the windows and he said, it's right there too. So I sprayed the windows and I sprayed his bed. You know, I said, okay, the monsters can't come in here now. It's anti-monster spray, you know? And now the kid, the last two nights has come in and all he asked for is, can you spray the monster spray? And I go in there and I just sprayed a little disinfecting spray and he fucking goes to bed, man, you know? So it's like, I think we're just presented with all of these choices as parents, you know? of like to like give in to these emotions and just like operate off of instinct or like be the example, you know, and find a creative way to, to handle these solutions. And sometimes it's just as simple as grabbing, grabbing a bottle of disinfectant spray and pretending it's mo anti-monster spray, you know? And sometimes it's not that easy, you know? Sometimes you do pull your hair out and, you know, slam the door and turn off the light and your kid cries and then you feel awful and then you know you traumatize them <laughs> they grow up hating you for the next 20 years because of that one night i don't know you know <laughs> it's... i I've, I've brought that up to um to his mom like he my our son is very he, he's he's a good kid and he handles a schedule that that is with me a lot very well and it's like those little things, like there has to be something, whether it be parenting, whether it be something they eat, whether it be something that was told to them when they're an infant, I don't know, that triggers all these different things. And is it one moment? Is it, we, I mean, we really won't know because it's so hard to study that many infants and that many moments that is 24-7 of their life. 
could it could one moment cause that pain because that that's something I struggle with too in in terms of that aspect of I've had a couple blow-ups around my son that that caused me to really want to put in deeper work into myself and healing myself and and saying hey this is a problem like I my son can't see this anger or whatever it may be I'm going through is it just a one moment thing? And like, I, and I know you said that in a jokingly way, but even the good things, like, is it so many different things that we go through as parents raising children, whether good or bad, that if we do something in a moment, we impact them for so much longer, good or bad, you know? Well, brother, I, you know, I've had this, this has come up multiple times in my relationship with my dad where, you know, I'll, I'll finally have the courage to bring up some traumatic memory that I have or something that affected me in a way that I've carried with me for a long time and thought about. Right. And I'll, I'll say to my dad, you know, um, I got to remember when you did this or, you know, remember when this happened and this played out this way and you said this thing and man, that just really hurt. And I carried it with me or, you know, and I, and I try to open up about that. You know, I've been met with a lot of times in those conversations where my dad goes, huh, I don't even remember that, you know, that happened, you know, or he sees it completely different. And then there, vice versa. There's also been a lot of times where my dad may get caught up in an emotional moment where he gets all teary eyed thinking about the good old days or something that we've done in the past. And God, Colton, you remember that one time that we went out there and we did this one thing and you said this and, oh man, I just, I thought about this the whole time. And I'll sit there and go, huh, I don't even remember that. You know, so I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword, brother, you know, right. that we, we may have those moments that may impact our kids. And then we may let some slip through our fingers that we don't even realize that affects them in ways that never even crossed our radar, you know? And that's why I think like the accountability aspect is like really important for me, you know, um, you know, apologizing. I, I apologize a lot as a dad. You know, and uh, I just really try to have good conversations based around that, you know, and sometimes it goes good and, and sometimes it doesn't, you know, and like, I mean, this was just, again, point in case, you know, a couple of weeks ago, again, with the renovations, you know, emotions have been uh, on eggshells with all of us, you know, literally, because there's no floor to walk on. It's just, it's sticky glue floor and it's hard to get around. We have a little six inch path that we can walk through the house to get in and out. And, you know, so it's just been, I had a morning where I was just, you know, couldn't find the keys, couldn't find the wallet. I was looking for stuff and I just, and I wasn't yelling at anybody in particular, but I was just kind of, you know, Yosemite salmon it, just freaking, freaking, you know, and my wife, you know, can tried to calm me down, but I was just kind of in my little, my little rampage looking for my sock or whatever it was, you know, and afterwards, you know, when I, I came home from dropping the kids off, you know, my wife said, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the girls, I think were really kind of scared by the way that you were, you were acting, you know, and I think that you should say something to them tomorrow when you take them to school, you know, and I said, oh shit, you know, like, oh man, I felt bad all day. I was beating myself up, you know, and couldn't I think about what I was going to say to them all day. And the next morning on our car ride, I said, you know, mama said that, you know, you guys told her that you were a little scared and, 
you know, the way that I was, you know, the tone of voice I was using and I'm sorry, you know, it wasn't about you and, you know, but it's still not right. I, you know, I shouldn't react that way. I'm always trying to tell you guys to watch your tone of voice. And here I am. I just let into my feelings and having all this accountability. And, you know, the girls look at me and go, you were angry. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Huh? Mm. You, you touched know? on a couple things there, buddy, that, that I think I think is key to us. You know, again, I don't want to just say dads, but I definitely think this is key to us and, you know, overcoming like this whole conversation about the trauma, the things that we experienced. You know, one thing that I did not learn growing up in the house was an effective apology. I didn't learn to apologize in my home at all. And when you can show true remorse for something that you did that may or may not have affected them. Either way, the other part of that, the other big component that our kids are hoping and praying for, or just hoping for, is consistency from us. So those two things go hand in hand. Let's say you do act out of line one day. My dad's consistent enough to remind himself, hey, I got out of line, or somebody told me that I was out of line, and I was welcoming to that feedback and I was able to walk through that situation, find the remorse within and not just keep it within, but actually reach out and show my true remorse by asking for forgiveness. Those are the key components, I think, that help our kids feel safe and secure with us because we are going to blow up sometimes because we all have our own brain and our own thoughts. Nature's flying at us in every direction and we're trying to handle that crap and thoughts come up, feelings come up, and then we have to deal with it in the moment. We're not always going to be on our best, but the consistency piece still can be there when you come back to it and you say, Hey, dad was kind of an asshole, wasn't he? I think I should apologize to you. That was not okay. Those things, those two things, I think us men, if we, narrow that or if we nail that down our kids are gonna feel safe even when they know hey dad's being a little bit nuts or <laughs> the next day oh you were a little bit nuts there hey thanks for the apology dad dad cares about our well-being no, I, I totally hear you on that because i i i might not realize it before you said it but i don't think i was ever taught to apologize either and i think i still struggle with that and that is that's probably a big part of where our disconnection still is because I think I land there. I end very badly when I'm angry um, and especially when it comes to them. Um, but that consistency part is so huge. And I think that plays into like so much of what we were talking about and like leading by example and all those things of like, whatever it may be, just continue to show up consistently, especially if it's, if it's the positive that we're trying to make as, as fathers, um, consistency and showing up on our calls consistency having these conversations um like i said like i love talking to you guys because you challenge me in the in the ways i need to be challenged um consistency in the presence consistency in the bond that i have with him all those all those things you have to show up for every day um and that's kind of how i live my life um right now Something that we uh, do in our, our house is we have a, a screen board and we every, we have each one of our names there. And whenever somebody gets too yelly, you know, they get a little tally mark on this board. And it's just such a great thing to just have in the open and walk by every day, you know, and we reset it every 28 days, you know, and 
And just to see, you know, if you've got 15 tallies on there that month, you're thinking to yourself, oh, shit, I, that's, I better work on that. You know, <laughs> you know something ain't right here. I better, I better level out here. You know, and I, for me, I need that that accountability. I need that like daily reminder, because if not, then it then I do fall into the well. It's just me, you know. Well, I'm just angry. I can't. I just be angry, you know. But when I see that, it's like oh shit. Like you can be angry, but. Maybe to just not be so loud about it. And that accountability piece applies to the parents too. So you have a whole family unit, you know, working toward this goal, which I think is brilliant. You know, you are accountable to the kids. The kids are accountable to you. You're all setting an example for each other. Brother, every time my name gets mentioned that I have to put a tally on there, I want to bite my tongue until I bleed, okay? It hurts my soul as a man, as a human with an ego. I don't want to put that tally under my name, you know? Mm. But every time I do, I feel like I'm setting an example of, of good accountability for the kids, you know? And, and they're able to uh, put a tally under their name a little bit more easily next time, too, and recognize those moments, you know? The more that I'm able to be like, well, shucks, you know, knucklehead Pollock stepdad did it again. You know, the more that they can be like, oh, okay, well, we're, we're learning here. It's okay to fail and it's okay, but we're learning. And that's the important thing. Back to like what I was saying earlier about that eulogy uh, exercise. You know, I, it hit me hard to, you know, I, I don't want to be the perfect dad, but I definitely want to be remembered as someone that, that tried to learn from the failures, that tried to get up after the, the things knocked me down and to not let the obstacles hold me back, you know, and to not bulldoze them, but to learn how to go over them, under them, around them and through them. And I don't want to let this pass. I want to take, you know, a special focus on this part where uh, maybe reframe it a little bit of what you said there. You said you almost bite your tongue when you see those tally marks. That's the sign of that other piece coming later is the remorse. You know, somebody who wants to improve and, and is willing to put him put himself out there and be called out on it. Like that's that's setting a great example for the family, for yourself, for the kids. So I wanted to acknowledge that. That's a that's a great thing, a great example to uh to highlight yeah 1000 percent. Anthony, I, you said sorry you yeah, said uh, you brought up failure and accountability and all that like that all goes so well and so strong into into leading by example because one of one of the things i like to say especially to my athletes is fail forward like you have to fail forward you're gonna fail life is failure and that's that's i think that's why life is how i coach baseball a lot because baseball is a game of failure parenting's failure it's it's this book we have of nothing it's you're writing the next chapter every time you're every day you your oldest child is a new day old like you've never lived that day before in your life when your oldest child turns that age and even when your youngest child you've never done it before with that many kids or the aspect of the life you're living in that moment you're gonna have to continually fail forward and own it and own that hey, I just made that fall, but also see it and see why you did it. And that's the accountability part of like, oh, crap, this is what I did. Let me hold myself accountable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I yelled because whatever it may be, I'm still connected at work in my mind and I didn't take that time to separate or whatever it may be. It's holding ourselves accountable in those moments. Um, 
and failing forward and, and making that stand up the next day and, or the next moment and, and being a little bit better. So what are the things that uh, you hope to teach your son to be better than what you're currently doing? Or some of the ways that maybe you are lacking that you hope to fill those gaps in with your son? The anger part, it, it, I'm still dealing with the biggest part. And I can that's what I was talking about is I can see it in him sometimes, especially when he gets mad, um, he gets a little loud. So those, that tally part, especially when he can understand what that is might have to come and play, but hopefully I can stop that. Cause I'm, I have been a little bit better at it. Um, of just when he's in the moment or I'm angry of just like showing him, I'm trying to take a deep breath. Um, but there's, I, I want, I want him to have my, my ceiling. I think that's the biggest thing I want. My ceiling needs to be his floor. I want him to do everything better. And that, that that's the hard cliche thing to say, but it's, it's through the leading by example. It's through the constant learning. I want him to not have to learn these tools. Like I'm learning them. I want him to have them mastered. I want him to understand the communication aspect that we're all learning and the empathy and all the skills that we continue to learn um, through the data edge or through any, through our own, readings of I, I think that's just the biggest I hope that I can have is the best way for me to put it is that everything that is my ceiling whether it be I die him being 18 and leaves that he picks up where I literally left off not further back because I didn't teach him those skills or I didn't show him those skills um that's I, that's why I love having him around me um, as much as I do. It's hard having him around as much as he is, but the things I get to instill in him um, and get to show him, and then I get to see him start to to do on his own that that is me leading, and I can see it are the things that I hope to teach. Um, if that makes any sense. Hmm. I have a, a follow-up question, uh, and I know your son is only two, but I'm curious what what would conversations look like between you and him to convey that? And I ask because I, I'm selfishly am thinking about my own relationship with my own father, and uh, my dad had a very um, pessimistic view on life. You know, um, life happens to you, you know, and you don't have a lot of control over it. It doesn't happen for you. And um, I don't think that he necessarily maybe understood that the control in life was maybe over our own domain and how we react to the things that are happening to us you know, or, or for us, not to us. And... Um, Sometimes I think about, you know, especially like with this journey of the podcast and, and interviewing, you know, great men like you and, and hearing your story and, and hearing different ways of parenting. And, you know, sometimes my dad or, or that generation may suggest things that I don't agree with or that I try to parent differently from. And I try to maybe bring up those conversations or, or, or talk about maybe some of the things that 
like we we're talking about about the ceiling being the floor and like maybe filling in those gaps or some of those things and uh whenever i maybe try to bridge some of those conversations or gaps i feel like it's maybe taken as a an in defense or as a slight towards that person right. and um maybe that goes back to the accountability stuff we're talking about maybe it goes back to the story that maybe i'm telling myself you know maybe it has nothing even to do with my own dad but i'm just curious you know and what my own conversations would look like with my own kids of you know, I want you to do better than me. And I want to tell you everything that, you know, I have to give so that you can be more and better and grow from the foundation that I hopefully lay for you to stand up on and raise up on. So I don't know um, if, if you were, if you're able to think about that, what would that look like? I, w I would hope it would look very transparent. Um, I parent a lot, I think I parent a lot the way I coach and not because I do that intentionally. I've, I've recently just seen seen things that connect in that aspect. And the, the, I tell athletes this all the time, if your coach doesn't have an answer of why you're doing something, they don't know why you're doing it you should go find another coach. And I would hope that conversation would kind of be that same transparent aspect of him telling me like, this is what was missing, or this was what it may be. And I think that's the same disconnect I have with my family is there is no true why something happened. It was like JJ was saying it was because I told you so. Like that, that, that doesn't do enough for me. And right now I write letters more to my family um, because I communicate a lot better in, in that tone through letter. If I'm doing it in this, it overbelly, they seem to think I'm just constantly angry and I can get it, um, especially with who I used to be. So with my son, I would just hope it be transparent and him be able to tell me what went wrong, but also me be able to show him my side, like you're saying, like, this is your your dad may have had certain tools or or I know we talked about this too um, in the group that like maybe that was all they had to give in a moment. Um, it can't just be that because I'm your father and I told you so. That that's something I don't want to ever tell my son. Um, I want to be able to give him a reason whether whether it hurt him or I thought it was the right choice or whatever it may be. But I also want to be able to hear his pain or his happiness or whatever it may be he's coming to me with um, and, and him have a real understanding of how it affected him or needs to be affecting him, if, that, if that's what I'm trying to say. I mean that's a big that's a big question to answer, and that's one that I probably wouldn't be able to successfully answer for some time still because the growth journey is still taking place for myself. But uh, you know I appreciate what you said, Anthony, and I actually I have a, a a very lengthy follow up which will include some of my story as well. But um, you know I think I think the thing that uh, stood out to me in that was that you know people are placed in front of us, um, and and that can 
that can result in many directions that we choose to take. And, and one of the things that I heard recently that I really appreciated is growth is an opportunity for us to reflect on ourselves. And true growth is shown through not judging, you know, somebody else because they didn't meet us at our area of growth. Um, and that's, that's an internal process that I think that, you know, a true growth comes from. Um, is is really focusing in on the self and then using that self to be the example. Uh, one of the things that unfortunately um, in in my experience in life uh, uh, I failed at was my marriage. And you know I know you're a single father, you're you're a co-parent, um, so we have some shared experience. And um, with the trauma of my past and trying to understand how to show up in a different way. Uh, started to come into play in my marriage, I really rec- I really realized just how different it can really look through my ex-wife. Her family, when I went to, to visit them with her, it was like a whole different world for me. Like I saw her mom and her dad talking to their kids and their kids would say, well, no, that's not it or that's not true. And the parents wouldn't become defensive. Their kids could teach their parents something and that was embraced. That was welcome. So that was a two-way street. It wasn't, you know, parent tells you this, this is the way it is, you know, my way or the highway. It was very much like, yes, we are here to grow uh, this family through each other. And that just, it blew my mind. I was sitting back thinking like, I I never had this. I I love this. I want to watch it. I want to witness more. But I, of course, also came into this marriage with her still stuck in that kind of mentality of, I always have a reason for why I'm acting this way, why I'm upset. No, I have this figured out. The protagonist in my head is the hell at telling the truth. Your truth is off. That was what I brought to it. And it was hard to, you know, marry the two for a long term. And I unfortunately brought out the worst of myself and my past to that marriage. Now, if I were to kind of continue on along that that uh, continuum of my relationship with my now ex was I got to continue to grow and learn through her the empathy that she had with her family, the, the empathy that they shared with each other and how she extended that to our son. And then I got to see myself kind of embrace that more and evolve my character and being curious about that and trying to figure out what is it about this two-way exchange that is really impacting both of us in a positive way. So I started to see this change in myself as I became more curious to the relationships that I was in and the relationships that I unfortunately damaged along the way to become the better person I am today. And I will tell you this much, like I am a very large factor of why my marriage failed. I take full ownership of it and anything that she did, I don't have to hold her to that because I'm at this place of growth. I want to serve her today because I serve my son. So I serve her through serving my son and I am grateful for that. So even though we struggled through some very difficult points in life and our co-parenting is now what it is because our marriage failed, she is a blessing upon my life because I took all the good that we had together and I celebrate that now with our son and with where we can go with this thing. So the growth happened within me because I finally allowed for it and pushed some of that other sh- other crap uh, a little bit further along in the distance. You know that 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 uh, that anchor wasn't an anchor at all. It was just a little. It was just a little bit of a rope that I needed to kind of loosen up and just let it go. I could float away from it. It's cool, and it doesn't mean that I've forgotten my past, but it does mean that I'm very happy for the growth that I've you know achieved through the process of 
learning um, about myself better and what I was capable of through my failures with my marriage. The unfortunate thing is there was a lot of hurt along the way, but I don't let that continue to be the story today. So I don't know. I mean, that was a long, I don't know if that was even a question, but you know, is, is that something maybe that, that you've experienced through your co-parenting? You said that you have a great co-parenting relationship, man. I'd love to hear about that, how your growth has come to this point today, where you can actually say, this is my most effective best self with my kiddo and, you know, the other people involved in my life. You know, um, I'm at like different points of that with so many different relationships. It's kind of like they're all working through different mountains of their own. Um, Co-parenting wise, and it, and it kind of connects them. I think this is why I was so, so this, anyone who listens to this is not going to, is not going to understand this portion, but you guys do. When Andrew brought up the I quit thing, and I and I said it affected me. Like when he said that, like that one got me a little bit. I've been sitting on that for since that moment. And so like that relationship has gotten stronger from that moment because of I didn't like the way that made me feel because I knew I was the one that quit in that relationship. Um, and it came and I really think it came from my family the only successful relationships that came from my family were co-parenting relationships. Like they didn't, it never succeeded when they were together. And one of the greatest relationships that I saw was my, my godmother and her ex-husband, who I didn't know weren't married anymore until I was like a teenager and they were divorced like the whole time I was alive. So like they showed up to everything together like it was all for the kids like that that was the example that i had of like really true good parenting in my eyes because i only saw them for events anyway so you know that's i saw the good parts um but they still showed up together and when i found out that they were divorced and like all that 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 spoke further than i ever thought it did when i got into adulthood i realized that um but realizing like you were saying jj the the things that i've done the things that I brought in from my past in certain moments or just had a wall that such and such relationship had nothing to do with that, whether I hurt that relationship because of that wall or something, whatever it may be because of a past hurt or that relationship with my co-parent has gotten stronger because I've been able to let that down, at least in that moment or in these moments lately of owning and having that accountability of, of being shut off, I guess, at least in that way, this personal, this, that's personal, obviously, is like I was so shut off. Um, so like, I'm still at a limbo of where all that is because all that obviously is fresh from conversations. Um, but, it, but with my family, I'm trying I know we've talked about it in terms of like, what's that line, but I, I know, and, and, and Colton, things you've brought up today too, brought about it, like the actions I'm taking with my family are going to affect him. If, if it all stands at what it is right now, at the end of the day, I made that choice. And if he comes and asks me a question 30 years, like, Hey, where are my grandparents or my great grandparents? I got it. I, that's, that's on me. Like, 
so it it's 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 a very rocky mountain thin line thing for me of letting those pains go owning the accountability and my part in it it's it's i think it's just a constant growth thing especially i know we it we didn't actually talk about it but goal like having goals was a big i, I feel like a portion of this of this call to if, if, if we're all working towards the same type of goal, it makes things easier. And even within ourself, like if our, if my common goal is to betterment, which it is, and I think that's my biggest struggle with this, this topic is my common goal right now is everything is for the betterment of my son, everything. And my, my family's trauma or drama that causes trauma is not for the betterment of my son. And but there's a future with them that is far more beautiful than without them. And I have to sit, you know, and, and, and try to deal with that line of where, where it is to hold that accountability, to let them, let them in and, but also see the things that I've done, which caused the pains that they have as well. So, yeah, you, you know, can... it's, it's like, it's like finding your, your ongoing purpose. Right. And, you know, you mentioned coaching and a coach needs to see something and understand it to be able to explain it. So you're a coach of yourself and you're a coach of your son in a way. Yeah. Like I, like I, I know I said it earlier, but like a lot of the way I raise him is I coach myself. I coach him. It's the constant, like give and take of, you have to give something, but you'll also get something in return and give a little bit and get it back. And if you just continue to push through that wall, continue to push through something that's unfamiliar, it'll get more comfortable. It'll get better. Um, and I think that's like, I want to have that transparency, like, like Colton's question brought up earlier with my son. And I'm trying to instill that in now because I see that anger that he has, like, I get to him a little these last few weeks and try to tell him like, Hey, this is why I'm upset. And like, I'm trying to build that and it'll get more comfortable for me because it's still not like, I still don't do it with my family. Um, because that's, that's new to me of like actually in the moment or right after the moment, having that, that full accountability rather than six months later, like I do with my family sometimes. The things that I'm kind of picking up listening to you guys here is like, you know, we we can't control other people, right? We can't control other people's behaviors as much as we would like to to teach, to, uh, you know, instill and get them to react in ways that, that please us or that we need or want. It's never going to happen, right? And the only way to truly do that is to like you say, lead by example, to, to live it daily in your life and hopefully it catches on. And if not, you know, maybe we do have to have the stability and self-awareness to keep moving, even if somebody may get left behind, you know, somebody that may be weighing us down or dragging us down. And that's never an easy conclusion to come to, right? Like especially when it's someone like our family that we 
have a mixed bag of feelings of love and trauma, you know? Um, but how I try to heal my relationships that I feel have trauma is just leading, leading the way that I want to be loved, you know, um, saying the things that I wish were said to me, um, even if I don't necessarily get to hear them or hear them as often as I'd like to, um, I hope by leading through that, exemplifying that, that, you know, maybe the kids will pick up on that and see my efforts in whatever way they interpret it. And they can maybe exemplify it or fill in the gaps like we talk about, you know, and the next time we go around. But I think that we waste so much time trying to change the other person, change the set of circumstances, change the relationship itself rather than changing the relationship with ourselves. And, um, that's really the best like lesson that I've learned throughout this is that like, I think all the other things will fall in place, all the other relationships and the trauma. If we can just learn to like stay in the lane and stay focused towards, like you said, the goal, you know, which is to be better, to close the gap and to lead by example. I think that was a mic drop moment there. <laughs> no, my, my, my headset and my microphone are just dying. <laughs> <laughs> but well, no, I, I, I appreciate this conversation, gentlemen. I, I thought that this was really good stuff and really appreciate you uh, uh, coming on here and talking shop with us, Anthony. I, I could do this for hours, but my kids are already an hour past their bedtime. <laughs> so I, I don't even, the wife isn't here and the kids are downstairs by themselves for the last hour. We just went grocery shopping. So I know that like half the pantry <laughs> is going to be like demolished. There's going to be like chocolate and like marshmallow fluff everywhere. I'm kind of scared to end this call, but also feel like I need to. Hmm. No man, I, I Anthony, it's been it's been fantastic, man, and I think I've 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 told you this a couple of times, but there's there's been conversations where I've been thinking about you and wanting to share and talk talk to you about some of the things that I heard, and because you know you, the way you speak to uh, life and your experience is something that resonates with me. Um, so I hope we can do this again in the future and have have another conversation with you because I think there's so much more to uh, to dive into. But either way, appreciate Same your here, time, brother. Same here. No, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, like, like I said, there was a few moments I was like, you know, I might not have realized that till right now. Um, like I said, I had talking to you guys on weekly in DEA, sometimes twice weekly, if I'm able to jump on, it challenged me. It makes me a better dad for sure. Um, it's definitely made me a better, a better son, better grandson, whether I'm talking to them or not. Um, the way you guys think, the way you guys challenge um, all of us um, that you do talk to. Um, this podcast you guys are doing is amazing and Colton I totally get it man like the night owl thing my son went to bed like five minutes before we got on here and it's it was 10 p.m <laughs> eastern time so I totally get him being up um, and us having to be up early so I'll let you get going too thank you guys for having me on um, again 
Well, you sell monster spray, so, you know, it comes in a regular old disinfecting bottle, but costs three times as much. You can hit, you can find that on the ADH Dads, monster spray, guys. <laughs> Patent it. As long as, as long as it ships from Yukon not, and not Dad, <laughs> Well, brother, is there, uh, is there somewhere that, uh, you know, our listeners can maybe find you or reach out to you if they want to maybe get some of your coaching or some of your goods or just some more of your, your wonderful insight? Yeah, um, my Instagram is a great place to find me. A M Baseball, Anthony Mendoza Baseball um, is what it stands for. Um, I have a private Facebook group which you can find on my Instagram as well. But that's where I share a lot of like just mindset, um, health and fitness stuff. Um, it's just a community that we've built together that is just trying to grow together, um, kind of like what you guys have as well. Awesome, man. Well, not to worry, guys. We'll put that in the show notes for you. And thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on and talking with us. I I really uh, enjoyed this conversation. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you tune in next time. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share and all that jazz. We really do appreciate your support always and and hope to see this thing grow and, and hope to hear from you guys because that's really why we're doing this is to engage with you and to hear your story. So don't be shy. Hit us up. Check us out at theadhdads.com, and we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm your host, CJ. And I'm JJ, and I don't have to clean up a pantry tonight. (laughs) And thank you, Anthony Mendoza. We'll we'll talk soon. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you, gentlemen.